as I indicated, I'm just going to take a few minutes um, to talk to you about what I think is the most important thing from a legal perspective. And that's that everybody should have a power of attorney. A power of attorney is just a written document that says who your decision maker is. You know, when I was a kid, I can remember being at my dad's law office and I'd walk up the street to Plankenhorns and they'd give us a one page form that said, I appoint this person my power of attorney. And it really was to say, you know what, if I can't speak for myself, this is who I want to speak for me. Um, I have to tell you, the law has complicated it in the last 30 years, but the concept's just as important. Um, we, we want everybody um, who's over the age of 18 to be able to understand um, we need powers of attorneys. We need documents that say, if you're not able to speak for yourself, who would you like to speak for you? This is really important in case anybody ever needs nursing home placement. Because many times um, we deal with people who are in a crisis. Something bad has happened and now somebody needs nursing home care. Um, we're trying to protect a spouse and make sure that they can keep as much money as possible. And if we have a power of attorney, we can start right away. But if we don't have a power of attorney, we have to petition the court to get a guardianship. And during normal times, that can take three months in almost any county in Pennsylvania. With COVID, it could take a lot longer. But even three months, um, the average cost of nursing home care is about $10,000 a month. So if I wait three months, it's about $32,000 that I can't protect for a spouse that I may have been able to if I just had a power of attorney that was up to date and gave me the powers that I needed. Um, so simple documents, but very, very powerful documents. So powers of attorneys, there are different types. There's a financial power of attorney, so somebody to pay your bills, uh, make sure your beneficiaries are up to date. Healthcare, somebody to talk to your doctor. Mental health um, used to be considered just part of healthcare, but as of about 2013 in our state, um, there's a separate power of attorney that's needed for that. And that's really important if I have a diagnosis of dementia because sometimes some psychological components can come along with that diagnosis. And a living will, a living will is a document that says um, it's okay um, if a doctor says I'm not gonna get any better to pull the plug. It's okay to turn off artificial um, things. We're gonna you know, quickly go over each of these documents to give you an idea. But remember, conceptually, what we need to know is that for all people over the age of 18, we need to appoint who our decision maker is. Um, and so you don't have to understand all of the points that I'm making, but just knowing that it's important. So for a financial power of attorney, what we see often is that the power of attorney that either somebody doesn't have a power of attorney or they have an older one that's before 2015, in which case, because the law changed in Pennsylvania, it needs updated, or it has the ability to make some decisions, but not all the decisions that we need. And one of the things that we often see is the person only has the power to make limited gifts, and we really need the power to make unlimited gifts. So if you're a husband and wife and your husband goes into the nursing home, I always put the man in the nursing home. <laughs> uh, if your husband goes into a nursing home, um, we need to have the power, um, if you haven't pre-planned, to take the house and just put it in your name. 
And obviously it can go either way. Um, just trying to put some light on this difficult topic. So even if you have a power of attorney, that doesn't mean that it's still good today. Um, it would be a function of when it was drafted and signed, um, and then also what powers were actually in it. And so we want the most far-reaching powers as possible. Um, this, um, this gives us an example. We want the power to make unlimited gifts, the power to create trust, the power to deal with digital assets. If you think about it, if you did your power of attorney deck in 2009, nobody even really kind of thought about digital assets. That's like our passwords, um, our Facebook, our bank accounts, those types of things. And actually in Pennsylvania, that just became law um, this month. Um, and so if you have an older power of attorney, it's definitely not gonna have that in it. So I talked about financial. I'm now gonna move on to healthcare. Healthcare means, you know, I'm in a hospital and for some reason I can't tell a doctor what I, what I should do. I can't make that decision for myself. And that could be because of a dementia diagnosis. It also could be for other reasons, like I was in a car accident or I had a stroke. Um, and we want to make sure that the person um, has the power to make the decisions. Many of you, if you have an older one, um, it might just be part of a big power of attorney and it's like two paragraphs. That's not enough to talk about healthcare decisions. Um, at our office, that document's gonna be about 17 pages and it's gonna talk about what decisions can be made, how they can be made, and who has access to information. Maybe you want your spouse to be able to make those decisions, but you want your child to be able to have access to information. So important to think about. A mental health power of attorney, and I, I would bet that many of you on here don't have a mental health power of attorney. Um, and that's just because it's really, even though it's from 2013, that's still considered a newer change in the law. Uh, things change slowly. Um, but that's definitely something that you need um, to be able to say, well, what happens if I have to have care that is um, more of a psychological nature? Um, what happens if there's behaviors and I need to think through that and access that type of care? We need to have a mental health power of attorney in order to be able to do that. Um, so really important and something that we talk to all of our clients about. Finally, a living will. A living will could be part of your healthcare power of attorney and that's okay. Sometimes people do them as one document. Um, I tend to do them as two. And the reason is because I wanna make sure that I decide when I give the healthcare system my living will. It's a document that says, um, if I'm unable to tell a doctor what I want, and the doctor certifies that I'm not gonna get any better. Um, this allows um, the doctor and whoever I appoint to decide to turn off uh, machines or other types of invasive therapies and surgeries. Now, during this time, we get a lot of questions about what if I have COVID, um, will I still be put on a ventilator? Um, and the answer to that question has nothing to do with dementia, but what I can tell you is that's something that it's important that we read what your living will says, but most living wills um, would not be triggered. Um, if you have COVID and a doctor feels like if you can go on a ventilator and get back off of it, that's not gonna trigger your living will. Um, and so you would be using a, a ventilator. Um, a living will is only triggered when the doctor certifies that he doesn't think, he or she doesn't think it's gonna help us, that we're gonna be artificially kept alive. Um, so, so, these are four really basic documents um, all around who our decision maker could be. 
Um, and it's something I like to spend a lot of time with my clients about who should be my decision maker. Um, and very specific to dementia, many times people appoint their spouse, and then if not their spouse, their child. Um, and we always wanna talk through, you know, do you have a child who is responsible? Um, if you don't, you should um, appoint somebody else. But also, we, we don't necessarily want to just appoint our spouse if we're dealing with a diagnosis. So if we already know that somebody has a diagnosis of dementia, we might want to keep them on to be able to be part of the decision-making as long as possible. But we may want to put a child or somebody else on also. Um, and often, when I'm doing review appointments with clients who maybe they've already done their documents, but now we're dealing with some sort of a diagnosis, that's something that we want to think through. Um, we also want to think about, you know, is it jointly, you know, so what happens, um, is it two kids, they have to work together as an and or as an or, um, you know, I have three children, so is it all three kids and does majority rule or do all three kids have to act? Um, the most important thing that I say to my clients is that given this situation, you don't want to appoint your oldest child or the child that lives with you or that is geographically closest. You really want to appoint the person that you feel is trusted, uh, responsible, and skilled. And for some people, they may want one child or one person to do finances and a different person to do healthcare. So I know that I kind of rushed through that. I'm conscious of how long you've already been listening to us, and I want to make sure um, that we don't have you on much longer. I'm now just going to shift to you know working with our office. We're going to open up for questions, um, and prior to that, we're going to talk about our survey. So um, what I would say to you is one action step everybody on here could take is just to review your powers of attorneys. At our office, we're also going to ask you on their questions. We like to do holistic, complete planning, um, but I think it's something that you can see you know, how important um, and fundamental it is. Um, we always like our clients to go ahead and do planning just so it gives them peace of mind. Um, at our firm, you could expect to work with a team of attorneys, certified Medicaid planners, long-term care planners, um, and support staff. It is very much my goal that my staff is knowledgeable about dementia, about Medicaid rules, about what you should do. Um, and we want to individually help you. Uh, we wanna meet you where you're at, what's important to you right now. Um, I do pride myself on very quality documents. Our powers of attorneys and trusts are, are very good documents. But at the end of the day, it's only helpful to you if you get peace of mind from the process, um, that you feel more ready for the journey and more prepared to deal with what's ahead. <clears throat> I would urge people um, not to wait. I know some people are waiting until we're back open. Um, I'd urge you to go ahead and schedule an appointment. My um, staff, I feel, has done a great job in transitioning from um, all in person to doing a phone appointments and video conferencing, uh, Zooms just like this. I know it's not perfect, um, but we go to great lengths to make sure that people are comfortable and that they get out of it what they need. Um, our goal really is to provide the same service as we would face to face. Um, we would end up having to meet face-to-face, uh, -face, um, either in our conference room or signing in a car, if you've decided to move forward and have to have documents signed. 
Um, so the first meeting we do is Zoom or phone. Uh, we then follow up again by Zoom or phone. Um, so if we can, we send you the documents. Um, we review them um, over the phone and on Zoom. Um, we want to ensure that all the information is correct and that it's aligned with your goals. Um, and then we do have a signing appointment. And for some people, they pull in our parking lot and we sign it as they sit in their car. For some people, they feel comfortable coming into our office. And we're always going to be shifting that based on what's going on currently. <clears throat> we do offer in-office signing appointments. And for those of you who, you know, maybe have an issue that you feel uncomfortable um, just by Zoom or phone, we, we can do in-office first appointments. But I do want everybody to know that we do frequent sanitation, masks, social distancing, we limit the number of appointments. So it is really important to us that we take care of you. And there's really no reason um, not to move forward with this. We really want to think about us. Uh, we're open remotely and we're really here for you. So don't hesitate um, to contact us. It is our contact information and we'll give um, other ways that you can certainly contact us um, in order to move forward.